following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Now, as we transition into the sermon, I once again just want to say a big thank you to all of you at Narrative. Uh, This week has been intense. People keep using the word unprecedented. I'm done with the word unprecedented. Last week was intense. Now, I know it ran the spectrum. We tried to get in touch with as many people as we could. Uh, I know Matt got in touch with some people. I got in touch with a lot of people. But here's the thing. I know some lost power, some lost water, some never had it come back until the end of the week. Some of you made it through all the way. And here's what I want to say. Whatever end of the spectrum you're on, it's okay right now to take a breath. To look and to say, that was hard. Whether you didn't have power for days or whether you only lost it for a blip. Last week was tough. Now, from the way it looks, most of us here on the north side of Austin seem to be coming out of it okay. We have power, we have water. Um, I've only heard of of one broken pipe so far in a house. If there is a broken pipe and you need help cleaning up or anything like that, again, please contact us. We have folks ready and willing to come and help you in any way possible. But this week was tough and for people in our area, especially down into the city of Austin and Travis County, it's still hitting them. There's still a lot of water loss, a lot of boil orders happening, all those kinds of things. And we came into Lent in this time. Last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, and Matt and I had a plan for a evening devotion that you could have done with your family. And there was a way even for us to do have you do ashes at home. And all those plans kind of went to the wayside when I lost power on Monday and then it rolled into Tuesday and I still didn't have power and I was going into the truck to get some warmth and just charge our phones and you know we're checking in on our neighbors seeing how they're doing and I'm learning how to turn my water off at the street and there was a moment and it was Tuesday afternoon into evening we kind of had a couple warm spots in the house and that was either in our cars, charging our phones with the heaters going, or upstairs in bed. And when I say with every blanket we own, I literally mean every blanket we own was in that room, a majority of them on the bed. We had a couple covering the windows because our friends up north said, oh yeah, use some, some blankets, some quilts to cover your windows and the heat won't escape as easily. But Chelsea had gone upstairs to curl into the blankets to take a break from some of the work we were having to do to just kind of make sure the house was was okay. And I had gone into the truck to to make some calls, do some texts, um, and charge our devices. And next thing I know, Chelsea has backed her car out, which we shoveled a spot out. Luckily, my neighbors had a grain shovel I could use to clear a spot. And uh, that was something I swore I never was going to do again, shovel snow. So thank you, Winter Storm 2021. But in that moment, Chelsea was like, yeah, I was getting cold in the bedroom. 
which was bad news because we were like, we'll make it through the night. We'll be okay because the roads were so bad. We knew across town her parents had um, electricity, had water, had a fireplace. But we thought, you know, the roads are just so bad right now. We don't want to chance it. And, you know, if something happens in the house, we, we want to be here. But that kind of started getting my my brain firing, right? Of, well, if Chelsea's cold now, what's it going to be like tonight when it drops into the teens? And so I'm sitting there thinking, trying to figure things out. And I just have no idea what to do. And this, I felt like I had kind of held it together well. And then at this point, I just don't know what to do. So I, I turn off my car and um, head upstairs. Chelsea's still in, in her car with the dog staying warm. And we had uh, the one thermometer available to us, a meat thermometer up in our bedroom just to kind of get a, an idea of where it was. And we'd woken up the morning before um, when it had dropped, the lowest it had dropped, uh, or that morning, you know, down into the single digits. And our our room was around somewhere between kind of like 45 and 47 degrees. And here we were before the, the cold, cold temperatures and our room was about 44 degrees. And I thought, we got to go. We got to figure out a way to get over to the Urbans, um, her parents, to, to stay warm tonight. And Chelsea walked me through a lot of things. And then what happened was she had able, she was able to get enough cell internet connection because we weren't able to get a lot of that in our neighborhood. And she gets enough connection to see that there's a guy in our neighborhood who's a plumber who's giving people a lot of advice. Here's how you handle this. Here's how you handle that. You know, if you're going to leave, here's what we recommend you doing. And he even said, this is what I'm going to do. We're staying, but this is what I'm going to do so I can control if there's going to be an issue. And that basically was, he's like, I'm going to turn the water off at the street. And then I'm going to go ahead and drain all my pipes just so that if there is an issue, when it heats back up, I can control and know what's happening. And it's not a random burst pipe in my house at an inconvenient moment. So Chelsea direct messages this guy. His name is Mick, and uh, she messages him. And I uh, am outside trying to figure out how to turn off our water at the street. And our neighbor has cleared out one of the, you know, the in-ground things, the the water pipe area. And she comes out with the phone and says, "Hey, this is Mick. You know, he's the plumber in our neighborhood." And we get to talking, and he walks me through step by step what I need to do to turn off the water. Well, I do what he did. What an incredible moment that someone walks me through this. Close all the boxes outside, walk back inside, and I turn on the water, you know, to bleed the pipes. Water's still coming. Water's still coming. Water's still coming. I'm going, what have I done wrong? I set a timer for five minutes. Water's still coming. So I set everything back to drip. And I go and tell Chelsea, I was like, I got to find, I think I turned off our neighbor's water instead of ours. I got to find and figure out where our water is. So I text the neighbor on the other side. I go, hey, where's your box? And he goes, oh, it's over here on the left side of our driveway. And I go, okay, if it's on the left side, then ours is probably on the left side. So I am out in the snow at 630. The light has you know pretty much left the neighborhood. And I'm there with a flashlight stomping back and forth in about six inches of snow trying to find this box. And now I'm really starting to feel the tension because Chelsea's packing everything up for us to go 
to her parents. We're getting everything ready to be like, we're not going to be here probably for a couple days. What are we going to do? Let's make sure everything's ready to go. And I just can't find it. And I'm, I'm getting more and more nervous. I'm getting more and more anxious. And I keep building in me. And finally, I, I go into the garage and drop a chair because I just need to sit down and try and figure things out. And I call a buddy of mine in Nashville and I go, hey, I have enough cell to call you, but not enough to look at Google Maps. I cannot figure out where my water access is. And Chelsea's walked into the garage and I look at her and go, if you have pictures of the house, look through them so that we can figure out where this is because I've stomped across that whole left side of our yard. Where is it? And I'm just getting more and more and more anxious because all I can see is a pipe bursting while we're here and you know all this stuff happening. And she goes, look, look, I found it. And she pulls it up on her phone. There's a picture of our front yard and it's on the other side. And if I don't weedy around this box all summer, every summer, but it was just gone. But there it was. It wasn't on the left side. It was on the right side. So I turned off our neighbor's water by mistake, but there was ours right there. So I go out, find it within 30 seconds, clear it out, pull it open. And I didn't have the right tools. So I'm using a pair of channel lock pliers. And so you have to get low, but I don't want to be in the snow. So I'm like getting close to the splits. I'm making these Hulk sounds in the midst of it, you know, trying to turn this meter to close off our water. And my hand slips and I bang across all my knuckles and I am bleeding. And all I can think is something's going to go wrong. I am tired. I am cold. I am anxious. And Chelsea comes out and she's trying to comfort me. And at this point, I'm bleeding and I'm just angry. And I'm, you know, just feeling that raw emotion. And finally, I just, you know, I twist it. I get it closed off. I go inside. I go in and I bleed, you know, bleed all the lines. And Mick had said, once you've bled the lines, call me so I can walk you through the next steps. So this guy in my neighborhood, a random plumber, I call him back. I go, Mick, I got it shut off. He's like, okay, here are the next steps of what you want to do. Oh, by the way, your wife friended me on Facebook and we share a friend. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, it's AJ Vega. He's the youth pastor at our church. Y'all, AJ Vega is the youth guy at Axe Leander, our sister church plant over in Leander. And in that moment, everything in me broke. In that moment, I have very rarely so seen the providence of God that here I was worried about the house, worried about pipes, worried about everything. And here God, God not only provided for me with a neighbor who was taking care of anyone in the neighborhood who gave him a call, but here was this connection that not only was I being taken care of, but God put in front of my face a way where he said, look, I am caring for you. This Lent, we're using what's called the pericopes. Pericope is just a fancy way of saying the readings. So every um, year, our church body puts out readings for the entire year that you can use on a Sunday. And some year, we might actually just do straight pericopes the whole year. 
because it walks the life of Jesus. And so you get an, a psalm, an Old Testament reading, uh, an epistle, so one of the letters, and a, a gospel reading. So this morning I just used the psalm, the epistle, that James, and Mark, our gospel. But what's really cool is in this season of Lent, I was able to see these different ways that each week the, the assigned readings brought out an aspect of the way of Jesus. And in fact, we called this series The Way because originally that's what Christians were known as. They were known as the followers of the way. And what I want to do in this time of Lent is to slow down and look at who Jesus is and the way in which he walked. The way he calls us to follow him. And if it wasn't the Holy Spirit that set up that we would start with the way of trust, I don't know what it is. Because here was this moment last week, one of the craziest four days of my lifetime. And in one of my lowest moments, when I was raw, when I was bare, when there was nothing there for me, the Lord said, here is my steadfast love. We saw that repeated in Psalm 25 this morning, where the psalmist writes about his steadfast love over and over and over again. We saw that in James, our reading this morning, that we see what sin leads to. We see that trusting in the Lord leads to the Father of lights, the giver of every good and perfect gift, who in him there is no shadow. We see in our gospel reading that Jesus is taken out and tempted in the wilderness, but he trusts in the Lord. And as he comes out of that time, he comes and says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And we've, we've talked before about this verse. This is a, a pivotal verse in Mark chapter 1. In verse 15, where Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, he is literally saying, I'm the king. Where the king goes, that's where the kingdom is. And so when he says the kingdom of God is at hand, he's talking about you can reach out, you can touch. It is literally at hand. You can touch it. So repent and believe the gospel. As we went through confession and absolution this morning, my confession was, Lord, I lost myself this week in sin, in anger, in frustration, and I forgot to trust in you. And still, you proved yourself to me. I'm not saying that we won't have hard times. I'm not saying this last week was an ordeal. It wasn't an ordeal. It was. This, was. this was something I never expected to see in my lifetime. And it, and it is across the board. I think if, if you live in a community that was affected, like we all did, this, this was a big deal. But I look and I go, I'm, I'm coming out on the other side of this incredibly blessed. There are people who follow the Lord just as much 
who have had homes destroyed, who have lost loved ones, who have lived in, in a fear not just of lost property, but of, of life as medical devices drained, as, you know, all this happened. And I look and I say, Lord, I had so deeply lost my, my trust of you. So my prayer as this week has progressed is to be like, Lord, let me trust you more. Let me follow you more. See, the way that we follow Jesus, the, the way in which we follow begins with trust. In fact, as you look at narrative church and, and we say we want to be disciples living the story of Jesus, and we break that down then to say, well, first, what's a disciple? Well, we say a disciple is someone who trusts the promises of Jesus and seeks to follow him. And as we look at our process then of our discipleship pathway, we say, well, how do we trust? How do we do that? And it can be hard because we can look and say, well, the trust, that's on my part. That's what I do. But I think it's actually looking at, at Jesus' promises and realizing we can trust his goodness. We can trust his grace. Right in, in Psalm 25, it, it talks about how we can trust that steadfast love. I think trust is less about us trying to say, I trust in the Lord, but instead saying, when I am empty, when there is nothing, I can put my trust and my hope in those promises of Jesus for me that the kingdom of God is at hand, that there is good news. And as we dive into the season of Lent, this is a time for us to, to reflect on our need for a Savior, on why we need Jesus to come for us, on why when we get to Passion Week, we need Monday, Thursday, we need Good Friday, we need Easter Sunday. And so for us, we start with trusting. We start in this place where we look and we say, Lord, I trust in you. On the beautiful days when everything's going well, I trust in you. When I'm standing over a water meter about to do the splits in, you know, a snowbank that's about a foot and a half and nothing's going my way, I trust in you. Because he will prove his, his trustworthiness. He will prove who he is. And sometimes it may be so visible as your neighbor who takes care of you being connected to a larger body of Christ that you know. And sometimes it may be as simple as you setting your feet on the floor in the morning for another day. But we start this journey of Lent together. And we say, we trust in the Lord. I put up a little video on Instagram this week, and I apologize to those of you who 
I realized later um, that I didn't upload it to Facebook. So if you have Instagram, you're able to see it. If not, I'll re-upload it this next week. And again, that's on me. Uh, let's blame it on Winter Storm Brain. I I feel like I'm about 15 steps behind. I feel like I'm slowly catching up a step by step each day that I can kind of get a little more rest. There wasn't a lot of sleeping there in the middle of the the week. But I was reminded during this time of Isaiah 40. And Isaiah 40 is a the end of that chapter is an incredible and well-known piece of scripture. If you're new to church, this is an incredible piece of scripture. If, if church is old hat to you, I, I hope that you've heard these verses before. And I was going to try and just pull them from memory, but you know what? We're all here together. We're sitting in the kitchen. We're hanging out. I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up on my phone while we're here. But at the end of Isaiah 40, Isaiah, a prophet in the Old Testament, is writing, and he's speaking about weariness. He's speaking about how life sometimes isn't how we expect it. And this is what he says, starting, what verse is this? Starting in verse 28, this is Isaiah, verse 40, starting, or chapter 40, starting in verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me read you those words one more time. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall fall and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I needed those words last week. I need those words this morning. We will become physically exhausted. One thing I can guarantee you is this is not the last calamity we will experience in my lifetime or your lifetime. In a broken and fallen world, we know that there will be pandemics, there will be natural disasters. As we read today in James that when sin enters the world, it equals death. But we trust in the promises of Jesus that the kingdom of God is near. And when we can dig no deeper in ourselves, we look and we say, my strength comes from the Lord. I will mount up as on the wings 
of eagles. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint because the Lord is my strength. He is my hope. My hope is not in my house. My hope is not in electricity. My hope is not in water. My hope is not in all of those things. My hope is in the Lord. We need those things to survive. We need those things to live. But for that life eternal, for that good news, our hope is in the Lord. We can trust in him. So my prayer as we come out of the storm, as we look to the weeks and months ahead where we don't know what's coming, is that you would have a strength renewed by the Lord that you can trust in him. That you can trust that he will provide and give you the strength that you need.